Welcome to HDA's Redefining Workplace podcast, where we'll talk with experts about all things related to office design in the age of COVID-19, while keeping CREs up to date with new insights as they emerge. I'm Melissa Pacey, principal at HDA in our San Francisco office, and super excited to be your host. As many large companies continue to push out dates for the reopening of their physical offices to the summer of 2021 and beyond, employees are left struggling more than ever with engagement. Here with me today is social anthropologist Adahide Mestad in HGA's Rochester office to talk about what individuals and companies can do to increase employee engagement right now. Thanks for joining me today, Ada. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. It's a great topic to talk about. Absolutely. So with that, we know that as people shifted to a work from home environment, they are able to rely on the social capital that they had already built with their coworkers. But as the pandemic continues and more and more companies push back the date to reopen their offices, many of which we're hearing, um, you know, summer of 2021, how do individuals or even companies prolong the bonds that they've built with their coworkers? Yeah, and it's an important one. And a lot of conversations happening around this. I think a couple things come to mind, Melissa. The first is it's really important to message that physical distancing is not social distancing, right? And so we use that term very all the time now, social distancing, but it's really about being physically separated, but still being able to have social bonds. And so, and there's already great information and data coming through, right? Around being able to almost humanize yourself and build empathy now that we all are living from home, right? So I can see the kids in the background, I can see the personal space. And so it's actually creating opportunities to humanize your very otherwise professional colleagues where you don't get to glance into the whole person that you have. So still building upon that is always really important. Also during this, empathy is key, right? We talk about this a lot, especially about peer shaming or judgment. As we go into 2021, right, the spectrum of threat perception is so broad during this pandemic. And you also have to realize all these different circumstances. Um, Everyone, you know, we were just talking about distance learning, you know, individuals that now parents have to do distance learning, or you have individuals that are living with a high risk uh, family member. And so being able to lead by example of also talking about your own situations that you have to balance but also being really empathetic and making sure you're not building teams or yourself is not judging someone that perhaps you would have different expectations for. And then I think a couple other things that go normal to engagement, right? Opportunities to be part of something larger and to have uh, certain celebrations. And so, and when I mean opportunity to be something larger, that doesn't mean let's have a, you know, an office happy hour, right? We're all on Zoom fatigue right now, but I think you can really bring in purposeful or bonding activities that can connect at a deeper level. So picking up garbage over the noon hour of sustainability is important. I'm based just north of Minneapolis. And so especially during the the civil unrest is cleaning up certain streets or delivering water as a group to peaceful protesters. And another thing that we created a 60 minute meeting and we did 20 minutes for operational update and then 30 minutes for people to go outside and just take a walk and take a picture of one of the values, right, that represent the company. So it gives them connection into the larger. And then that's all we see on course on top of the cultural driven events, the birthdays, celebrations. You could actually try to figure out how to celebrate a birthday versus singing happy birthday. If you've tried this on Zoom, it is not a pretty thing. So you could try to say what's another way of celebrating. Um, but, and then the, the daily celebrations. Um, so I think there's lots of ways uh, from those aspects, especially to be part of it, uh, to build social capital and just strengthen those team, team bonds. Those are all really great ideas. 
I think it might be a good idea for us to take a quick step back. I think, you know, maybe some of the listeners are wondering why is this important? So can you just talk a little bit about the importance of these types of work relationships and company culture? Yeah, so I think just two key facts come to mind that sometimes we don't put together. So many studies show employees, right, that all have their personal ownership. So if they have personal ownership in a trusted and respectful environment, it increases productivity and innovation, right? And so the personal ownership is really clearly defined autonomy. It doesn't mean it has to have all autonomy, but really know what I'm contributing towards. And the second piece is that, so that's at a real individual level. And the second piece is that no project service really product itself or research is, is done by one individual. And so humans were social species. And I think we must really understand and implement strategy systems and policies that strengthen social systems, not just an individual. And usually we only look at it at an individual level. And so I think it's important here and why it is, why we need to really be talking about it, back to your question of the importance, is that engagement, it's not a fluffy box to check, usually when we use engagement. I think we need to root it. It's a true social science that has to have that strategic thread that every company needs to incorporate to really drive company success. And that culture that attracts and retains talent, especially in this competitive assessment, or really have a culture that perhaps does not drive success based on that. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's sort of a win-win, right? You are really checking that fluffy box, but you're also checking that scientific productive box as well. So people are happier, people are more productive, and really, I think it's a win-win for both employees and companies. Yeah, so from an individual and then that whole system, and understanding there's best practices and how you build teams, and so being able to invest and to really understand that from the social scale. So another important differentiation is between engagement and authentic engagement. You were starting to touch on that with the Zoom fatigue versus handing out water. <laughs> how might we ensure that we aren't just driving engagement, but really driving that authenticity that makes a difference. Yeah, and I think this one is really the important one for, for companies or managers or supervisors to really have awareness. So, you know, driving engagement is really making sure that people are connected, right, and they're networked. So it's more about just connecting individuals. When you really look at authentic engagement, this is around clarity around what problems or power influences employees have on a workplace or the work-related decision. So I think that's the difference. One is how do you keep people connected and talking? The other is really what is it as a company, if we're gonna engage people, what are they engaging around and what power influence do they have? So I think the pandemic is a perfect opportunity, right? We're living in this large social experience right now. And really employees can be engaged to co-create new ways of working policies, structures, systems, rituals, and uh, really allowing employees to create these new social norms. And so a few ways you can do that, right, is always doing pulse surveys people's opinions and what their circumstances are and how, what they're comfortable with is, is constantly changing. Or, you know, you can build task forces to really identify, I think, a couple things. One, what are the concerns and problems, right, that are coming up? And then two, work with your employees to co-create those solutions, right? That's that authentic engagement. So perhaps there's concerns about if we're coming back to the office, concerns about how do you even greet someone when you come in? Or if I'm sitting at the desk and someone always walked over to me to ask a question, what's our new protocol around that, right? And, and what does that look like? You know, parents, when we talked about parents that need to distance learn for their children, uh, they can't work in the traditional hours, right? You can go to a macro scale and say, as a company, we're going to take on weekend hours, right, to balance some of that. Or even a smaller scale, I had a single mother who was distance learning her child and missed meetings. So instead of saying, here's the Zoom video, go watch one hour of your time, 
I did a quick two minute, here was the overview, here's what you need to do next and be prepared for the next meeting. And that's all she needed, right? So I think it's really about being nimble and providing new ways around identifying what are the problems and really shifting, right? This whole new third way of working and allowing your employees to be part of that. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea that we leverage our employees to come up with those solutions because they're the ones who are really doing that work and probably understand it the best in most circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. So for the companies out there that are thriving and they're bringing in new talent, one of the unique challenges posed by a work from home environment is being able to understand coworker styles, habits, strengths, weaknesses, and be able to ultimately work effectively with them. What can employers do to help integrate and help new employees be successful in this kind of crazy environment that we're all in? Yeah, so I like this question because the first one was around, we're noticing people that have already worked together physically, they're still being, it's almost, it's easier to still work in teams virtually, but now when you're coming in and you don't have that context, um, it, there is struggles and there's a lot of intentionality that needs to be done. Uh, but I also think it's also current talent, too, that perhaps they've already connected and it's just everyone's working so differently. You know, the whole infrastructure of engagement, Melissa, is communication. And so I don't want to not at least say that, even though it's so oversimplified. But, you know, like all successful relationships, it's really about that clear, respectful and consistent communication. So as new team members are coming on or projects or you know, it's really this this kind of this consistency in a variety types of ways. Right. So. You can have quick huddles, you can have strategy meetings, you can have long-term, you know, one hour, you can have a video having someone give you the update, right, from a leadership level and or employees versus always written emails. So you really need to understand what is that consistency needed for the team. And then always providing the safe zone for communication, right? And so especially if you have new team members, we're very kind of this fail safe. So what is that psychological safety and how are you showing example and leading? And then is there an opportunity to always have a safe person that they can go to to talk, right? If certain things aren't happening or the team or they're not feeling connected, either through HR or safe mentor to help guide, right, through this new kind of culture and what does that look like? So I think those kind of communication is the infrastructure. The other is, and I know it's almost, uh, we kind of jump over it, but we really need to understand from an equity lens, right? Are there any barriers uh, that allow for engagement now virtually with new team members? And so, you know, even like we were just talking about across other industries and even education, same applies. And so being able to have really honest conversations of what barriers the institution or company needs to make sure that they overcome so the employee can feel engaged and be productive. And then um, the biggest one, which I think is uh, similar to kind of what we were talking about earlier, is that team you know, how do you build a greater sum team while understanding with the individual of what their skill sets are? And a lot of companies have already started this, right? The platforms, right? The, the strength finders and all these different ones. So to really help professional to understand what my skill sets are and how they best really fit into a team. It's a shift though for, for managers and supervisors who are used to just managing for checkers, right? This is just how you do it and it applies to everyone, you know, versus really saying we need to really take a chess approach and know that each role has a different direction that it goes and you'd be able to really kind of play with the full talent that you have. So there's really looking at that, the way to build that individual and that team. I think the it really looking at incentives, how are incentives happening in the company or even in the pro projects that you do? Are they mostly at an individual performance level or a team? 
And then you do have to invest, especially at a time that's so tight. But how are you investing into really learn individual dynamics and then how they work within the team? And there's a lot of great resources that don't cost a lot of money, but making sure, but you also have to put time in your meetings to build upon that, right? And then you know, what we're doing right now is just quick, we take 10 minutes in the beginning of each team meeting and just almost do an icebreaker of my own skill sets, right? So everyone can go around and say, each team member, they share the top two skill sets that they see in another colleague. It's building empathy, it's building team, but it's also having you learn what other people see as your skills and how you contribute, right? So it's shifting your lens. And then really, so it all goes back to empathy. And then again, collaborate with the new individuals that are coming in. They may see new opportunities, they have fresh eyes. They could you know, check in with them and say, what would you do different? How are you? So you're constantly providing and then they're allowed to provide the feedback for you. So those are just a few. I love those examples. It also, as you were talking, kind of made me realize that we have this really exciting, unique opportunity right now to work across geography that we didn't have in the past. And, you know, usually our teams are co-located together by wherever they live, but maybe there's an opportunity to start to identify strengths and weaknesses across geography and start to mix up those teams to be more efficient. Yeah, great observation. And I think there's been just preliminary research, right? And just as an anthropologist, really looking, it's breaking down tribalism, right? So you have the ownership of the one office and now, and you can kind of build your tribes of who you are, which floor you're on. And now it's just, you're bringing in people at a different rate and a different space to your point geography. And so it's really bringing down, deconstructing certain social networks and rebuilding them up in different ways. So yeah, great observation. Would there be any tips that you would give to an organization who may want to strategically attack that more than have it be ad hoc, which is maybe what's happening more often right now? Yeah. And I think, you know, the best one, which is why I think I was talking around just the strategic intentionality of engagement in your, from an executive level, all the way to a project and really saying, what is the role of these individuals? How do they contribute? How do we have mutual respect in it? And then what are the right tools, right? Then you can get into the tools and the activities to dive in. And so I think you really need to be, look for those opportunities for authentic engagement and empowerment. And then from there, then you can build the right team members for that, right? Back to the subject matter experts of your culture is really your employees. And so if you're looking to help change or shift certain culture, your employees are the best one to do. And then the other piece is being intentional on that, but also knowing that you have to be nimble and adaptable. Everybody is working differently. And everyone knows this because they've had to be, right? Especially in leadership positions have had to make real tough and quick decisions. Um, but that also means that your business strategy may shift and evolve or even structures in the way that you've designed teams. And so being open to really look at what are different ways that we can organize our social systems the way we may be already doing work. So maybe there's always a IT department and then there's always a certain practice group and then there's our geographical, right? And each geographic, maybe we break down those and it's not based IT in this geography. Maybe it's IT across all of them and we're setting up new platforms to connect them together. So becoming more thematic versus departmental is another way of really looking at how to build more synergies around the way. Great tip. Do you have any final tips on increasing engagement for our listeners? You gave me that opportunity to really kind of add in those other two. So I think being <laughs> able to, to push the intentionality and also to really 
know that you know what worked before may not be what's going to work for uh, tomorrow and really being so there's a silver lining and opportunity here and so to really jump ahead from a competitive standpoint and leveraging your employees and to build a stronger sense of culture and sense of ownership and community and so to, to look at taking opportunities to do that either at a large scale or even at a smaller scale great well thanks so much for joining me today yes thanks for the opportunity melissa thanks so much for joining us today and a big thank you to ada for helping us remember to forget about one-size-fits-all solutions and to focus on our unique culture and mission to increase engagement. To stay up to date with all the insights from HGA, please visit www.hga.com insights or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and share with your friends or on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. To keep this conversation going, please share on any of our social channels under the post for this episode. If you're interested in talking to me or to any of our guests, please reach out to the contact information provided on our website. I'm Melissa Pacey, and I can't wait to talk again during our next episode. <laughs>